in the precious name of Jesus. Welcome. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so this morning, I want to preach on two evangelists. Yes. Two evangelists, the same message. And so we'll find out what is the message of a true evangelist. Okay? Now I'm going to continue in my series, Christ in the Book of Acts. Okay? So, it's chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. Uh, this morning, rather, a little bit of a longer scripture, but I think you will bear with me, won't you? Okay. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that, that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch and a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopian, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go up and join the chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to, to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers it is silent. I have to uh, say something. The scripture in Isaiah 53 has a little bit different uh, way. We find here first that a lamb is being led to the shearer, but in Isaiah it says a lamb that's been led to the slaughter. Yes? And I will explain to you you later a little bit more. In humility his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For he his life is removed from the earth. The unique answered Philip and said please tell me of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself? or of somebody else. Then Philip opened his mouth, beginning from this scripture. He preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. 
And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch. And he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Asotus, and as he passed through, the, he kept preaching the gospel in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word this morning. I thank the Lord for you, Spirit, who is leading always people who want to know more about you. And Lord, as we read in this scripture here, you used a man, Lord, who was an evangelist because he preached you and he preached you to this man from Ethiopia. I thank you, Lord. And I pray that you may grif- give us grace to speak, grace to listen, and also grace to act upon your precious word. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Now we know Philip had a wonderful gospel rally in Samaria. Many came to the Lord. Some were saved. Others had been set free from demonic powers. Others were healed. And we see here what God did. And the apostles from Jerusalem came down to Samaria to lay hands on the new converts and pray for them that they should receive the Holy Spirit. Because we read the Holy Spirit has not been fallen on any one of them as yet. And then we read in verse 8, So there was much rejoicing in that city where the gospel has been preached. There is joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's what's so good. And that's why we should rejoice in the Lord. The Lord is here this morning. And His Spirit is here too. And we will rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. I told you when I preached once in, in Germany among some Afro-Americans, when I preached and it clicked in their heart, what did they say? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It didn't disturb me at all. You know what would disturb me is if somebody would fall asleep while I'm preaching. And that's not on this morning. We want to praise the Lord and are grateful to the word of God. Amen. Now, as this wonderful revival went on and the apostles came and laid their hands on them in order that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And then the apostles went back to Jerusalem and keep preaching in every village wherever they came and preached the gospel till they got to Jerusalem. Now, this story is a very interesting story. First of all, as every Christian, every pastor knows, Isaiah is the so-called Old Testament evangelist. Have you known that? He has been called the evangelist of the Old Testament. And look at his sermons, what he preached. And some 
New Testament evangelists could learn a lot of him. How clear he preached the gospel. And he called sin by sin and by name. And Israel knew exactly, here is a man of God. God has sent. And when you read Isaiah, you find very, very clear. What a man. And Isaiah was often for me when I was also in evangelistic uh, work involved in Germany, often a place where I found a word to preach upon. Hallelujah. So there are two evangelists, the Old Testament evangelist, Isaiah, and the New Testament evangelist, Philip. And interesting how God used both. Now, first of all, there was an Ethiopian treasurer, and he went to Jerusalem in, uh, in order to worship in Jerusalem. And he was a treasurer of the Queen Candace. Now, Candace is something, is a title, as these uh, kings and, uh, and uh, uh, queens had a title. For instance, the king in, in Egypt, his title was Pharaoh. Pharaoh. That was his title. Not just his name. And so Candace was her title. She was the queen of the Egyptian, the Ethiopians. Now he was a minister and he wanted to go to Jerusalem to worship. Somehow the God of Israel... Yahweh was known then in the so-called Arabian, let me put this crescent, you know. Everybody knew about the God of Israel. They heard about. And so we read a few hundred years before, there was a queen of Sheba. Have you heard of her? And she wanted to go to Jerusalem. She heard something about the God of Israel. A wonderful God. Hallelujah. How great is our God. There is no other, no other than him. And she came in order to hear about the wisdom of Solomon. And we know Solomon was a man full of wisdom. Wisdom given by God himself. And she wanted to know his wisdom. And she wanted to see all the glory in Solomon's palaces. And she had a little comment and Pastor Gary that fits what you said this morning. She had a little comment and when she saw all the things, all the glory, what did she say? Not even half or if of it I have been told. So the glory of Solomon was greater than she heard about. And so is the glory of Jesus. And everything he did, greater than anything. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Lord. Now it looked like it was a common thing amongst all these kings and queens and uh, also the ministers, at least in a lifetime to be at least once in Jerusalem. Isn't it interesting? The time is going to come. Hallelujah. 
where many will come to Jerusalem and others will hold themselves on to the clothes of a Jew and they say, let me go with you to Jerusalem. When Jesus is in Jerusalem, it will be something wonderful. Amen? And now people can't wait till Jesus comes. They go now already to Jerusalem. Our dear brother Corn and his family. My wife, she wants to go too. I said, settle the horses. When Jesus is there, I will go. Hallelujah. There would be even far for greater. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, this man, he came to Jerusalem. And as you know, in Jerusalem was not a bookstore. In order to, to get a part of the Bible or of the prophet, you had to look for a scribe because they were in charge of the Bible, in charge of all the books of the prophets in the Old Testament. And I could imagine one day he looked for a scribe and said, I want to have a scripture from your Bible, from your book. Can I have it? And of course he was a Jew, the scribe. He gave him a good price and he was happy. And he said, listen, listen, whenever you read this part of the Bible, you must read it aloud because amongst Jews it is not right to read the Bible silently. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? And I do it sometimes too when I study the Word of God and I come over to the same place and it looks like there's no light falling as yet into my heart. You know what I do? I start to read, to read this passage aloud before me. And sometimes I get more enlightening by it. Okay, that's a Jewish tradition. You must read the scripture aloud. And that's why, that's why he read Isaiah aloud. That's why Philip could understand what he was reading. And that's very interesting. It seems that perhaps this man had previous some contact with Jewish people. The Jews were then not hated as they've been hated now in our days. Because if you belong to Israel, it was something special, so at least the Jews thought. And did you know the Jews were all over the world? Not only then, but also before. And it's in history, it's been proven that down the Nile, shortly before in uh, Ethiopia, there were islands in the Nile. There were islands in the Nile, and these islands were settlements of Jewish people. They lived there, and the Jewish people there and then in these islands and around that area, they spread the word of God 
about Yahweh, the God of Israel. Hallelujah. Yahweh, the God of Israel, who loves his people, and so on. Now this island was called Elephantine. Don't ask me why. I just read it. And there were these Jews and they preached Judaism there and then. Now, it's very interesting. He had heard something about the Jews. That's why he went to Jerusalem. I want to go and worship there where the God of Israel is being worshipped. And he knew about the things God did in Israel through all the prophets and through all the men God sent to Israel. And then he thought, on my way home, it's a desert road. There's not very much things you can enjoy. Rocks, sand, rocks, sand. So he was there then, and he thought, I'm going to read something on my way home. And Philip, he thought, as we read in verse 26, but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that is desert, a desert road. And he went there, and all of a sudden he saw there's a chariot coming on. And the Spirit said, Go and keep close to this chariot. And then he heard something. It's very interesting. In the Greek, there's a playing with words. And it says this here. He didn't ask, do you understand what you're reading? The question actually was a little bit different. Was this, do you know about what you are reading there? Do you know about it? Of course, it was, would have been an insult asking somebody, do you understand what you read? The same thing if I would ask any English-speaking person, do you understand what you read? Because the Koine Greek was then the world language as we have it now in English. But here's a far, far deeper understanding. And he said this, Ginoskais, ha ana ginoskais. That means, do you know whom are you reading about? And we see this question of Philip was more and more. Not, do you understand it? You know. Do you know what you are reading? Do you know there was a special text in the Old Testament in Isaiah? And they say, well, how can I understand these things? Yeah, how can I understand? The globe is gone. You have to buy a new globe. Okay? And uh, so he said, come on. Sit next to me. And he read this Septuagint. Now the Septuagint, I have to explain to you. The Septuagint is the Old Testament 
translated into Greek. So it was perhaps the international translation as we have the Bible. International translation. And he said, no, I, I don't know. And the scripture he read was this. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. That's the sequence it has been set in Isaiah. Interesting. Here it says, first he was like a lamb led to the shearer. But the sequence is this. He was like a lamb that's been led to the slaughter. So we see uh, two things what happened to a lamb and what happened to a sheep. Then later it has and a sheep that's been led to the shearer and doesn't open its mouth. Now what does the blood mean? And we see here, and that's what Philip did. Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth beginning from this scripture. He was not just you know, we're all made by God and there's a void in our heart and we're all looking for something and so on. And this man that said, well, I, I, I haven't discovered, discovered any void. No, but he preached about Jesus. Stop preaching about a void. Stop preaching about these things. Preach Jesus. Hallelujah. And from this scripture, he had many things to say about Jesus. He spoke about the blood the Lamb of God has given. Now, here is something that came to pass. What once John the, Apostle, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. First the Lamb gave his life in order to wash our sins away and to cleanse us. Hallelujah. And that's why I, I know Pastor Gary liked this, this song very much. Are you washed in the blood? Hallelujah. That must be every evangelist's favorite song. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Otherwise, the gospel doesn't make any sense to anyone. We need to be washed. And that's what Philip preached here. Because the Holy Spirit led this man right to this point where it's important to be preached. The blood of the Lamb. Amen? Hallelujah. Now here, in Isaiah, as I said, there are different sequence. And it's been said first as a lamb that's been led to a shearer. A lamb usually has not much wool, has it? Not much wool. So first, a lamb that's been led to the slaughter. Why to the slaughter? To give his blood for the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. 
and also the fulfillment of Jehovah Jireh. I have heard many funny, very funny preachings about. By the way, it's not been called Jehovah Jireh. That's an English way. Jehovah Yireh. That's been said. Jehovah or Yahweh Yireh. Now this was a very important section. And we know Isaac and Abram went up to Moriah to the mountain. And Isaac, he had a question. And he said, Father, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. What a nice, wonderful relationship between father and son. The son said, Father. And the father said, here I am, son. Isn't it great, Pastor Gary? Wonderful way to speak to son and father. And then it says here, it says, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Abram said, God will provide for himself the lamb of God. For whom is this lamb of God? God will provide for himself a lamb or a burnt offering. So the two of them walked on together. No talking anymore. The point came. The altar was erected and Isaac was laid on it. He didn't say, Dad, what are you doing? You can't do it to me. He knew God has spoken and I can trust my father. I can trust him. I can trust him. He won't do anything bad to me. And then he took the knife just about to slay Isaac. Abraham, Abraham, do not do any harm to this boy. Now I know. Now I know that you believe me. And he has not spared his only son. This came full into play now. That what God said or Abram said then. That was here now. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Everything is there. The fire is gone there. The wood is there. Where is the Lamb? And here Isaiah said prophetically. And this is wonderful in the Bible. It comes from here to there. To the right point. And all of a sudden, you see, here is the Lamb. Here is the Lamb. The Lamb of God. Now, what is the centerpiece of the gospel? Is it love? People say, it's all about love, is it? It's about peace. 
Jesus gives us peace. Is it about joy? No. It's about what then? There is no gospel without Jesus. He is the centerpiece of the gospel. That Lamb of God is the centerpiece. So I read about a little story in Germany, in Nuremberg. Have you heard about Nuremberg? Yes? Nuremberg was, after World War II, the great, the great uh, let me say, tribunal against all the Nazis. That's old history. And there's one fountain in the city, in Nuremberg. And it's been called the Twelve Apostle Fountain. It has been constructed the way Jesus in the center and the twelve apostles around him. And if you take Jesus, the center figure, out of this construction, the whole fountain collapses. If you take Jesus out of the gospel, forget about peace, forget about joy, forget about all these things in love, the centerpiece is missing. And it is Jesus. Hallelujah. And what did Philip say here? He wasn't in Bible college. But what did Philip do? When he heard he was reading here, he was like a lamb being led to the slaughter. And Philip heard it because he was reading aloud. As you remember, Jews read their Bible aloud. Not like this we do read. No. They read the Bible now. And he was reading aloud. And he came to this point. And what did Philip do then? And get to your Bible. Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning from where? From this scripture. He hooked onto that lamb. He explained to him who this lamb was. There was a prophecy about Jesus Christ. And that's why Philip got it straight away. He got it. And he and beginning from this scriptures, he preached Jesus to him. Hallelujah. Do you see Jesus in the Bible? So, as you all know, the Prince of preachers in the past. Who was it? Spurgeon. Every Baptist should know the prince of preachers in the past was Spurgeon. And he never went to Bible college, but he was a master preacher enormously. But he founded a Bible college because you might have realized in the ministry how much we need to study the Bible. And then so he sent his uh, students out over the weekend all over London to go and preach in the different little churches they might have come from. And he said, preach Jesus. And when they came back, he asked all the students, 
What did you preach on? Did you preach Jesus? And some said, no. There was nothing about Jesus where I preached on perhaps a sermon from the Old Testament. I don't know. And Spurgeon said, don't you know that all the roads around London lead to London? Wherever you open up the Bible, even in Old Testament, if the name of Jesus is not specifically being named, it is about Jesus. Hallelujah. Wherever you read the Bible, the Old Testament, you find always a trace back to Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no gospel without Jesus. And then the New Testament prophet. Our evangelist. That was Philip. Philip opened his mouth and spoke about and preached from this scripture. The lamb that was led to the slaughter. He might have preached about Jesus when he was on the cross. And all the Pharisees and Sadducees were against Jesus, hurled curses against Jesus there on the cross. And Jesus didn't open his mouth. There were things being said. It was a blatant lie. And Jesus didn't say anything. That is the nature of a lamb. If you have a lamb in every household, listen, mothers and fathers, a lamb in every household brings peace in our household. You know, you know what I mean? If there's at least one person in the household with a nature like a lamb who doesn't open its mouth straight away, if something has been said against him or her, but shuts his mouth like a lamb that doesn't open its mouth before the slaughter. Now, he preached Jesus totally. I could imagine he preached about Jesus when Jesus spoke about following him, being baptized, and the Bible says, Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he who believes and I always found in my ministry shortcut Christian. Do you know them? Shortcut Christian. The main thing is that you believe in Jesus. Is it? Is it? What does the Bible say? 1616 in Mark. He who believes and, and, and. What? Be baptized. There is nothing like this. Just believe in Jesus and everything is hunky-dory. Now it says, He who believes and be baptized shall be what? Saved. If somebody here this morning not been baptized as yet, you need to be baptized. Wasn't right what I said, Pastor Gary? Yes? Okay. Two witnesses. Two witnesses. You are, 
a third witness, another one. I said, oh. Fourth, my wife, she, she sticks to me. Hallelujah. He who believes and be baptized shall be saved. And that's so important. That's so important. And now let's get to the, to the sheep. A sheep like a sheep being led to the shearer. And what? Does not open its mouth. Yeah. Since I'm here in Australia, I, I have learned something about sheep. Some sheep, they are very, very big. And some of you think it's a big body. No. It's all wool. All wool. What do you do with the wool you get from a shearer that she is a sheep? It's for our clothing. And that means this sheep, Jesus gave his clothing. And you know, clothing is being linked to what? To righteousness. Clothing is being linked to righteousness. That's why the same evangelist of the Old Testament, he says, all our righteousness is what? Like filthy rag. Aha. Uh -huh. Now Jesus, he took my filthy rags and gave me a brand new garment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why we can understand the scripture in Second Corinthians. It says there, 5.21. I might have to take my glasses. Did I put them away? Yeah. Sometimes I need them. I shouldn't put them away too early. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become what? The righteousness of, of God and Him. His righteousness was taken away from Him and placed upon me. Amen. Hallelujah. He was unrighteously judged. He was judged for you and my sin. And that's what it says here. And that we might become, my dear brother James, that we might become what? The righteousness of God. But I tell you what, with this dressing, with the righteousness of God, you are always invited into the presence of God. And then when the great feast is, the supper of the Lamb, Peter I have nothing other. I will not wear this, this suit. I will wear my righteousness from Jesus Christ. And then but if anybody would come and say, how did you get in here? Look at the clothes I got it from Jesus. His righteousness is now my righteousness. And there was a scripture Jesus speaks about one guy, he snuck into the wedding feast 
And he thought, well, I could go in with my own clothes. And the Lord came in, looked around, looked around. You! How did you get in here? What was missing in him or on him? The right garment. Oh, I always wore these here. Of course, I understand it. But not in the kingdom of God. You have not the garment fitting for this feast. His garment of righteousness is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody here still trying to get in with your old clothes? Don't try. You won't have a chance. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you gave me your garment. Your righteousness is now my righteousness. And as we heard this morning, everything you did, O Lord, is far better than any priest could do or any sacrificial lamb could give. You gave everything. You gave yourself. And here I am, O Lord, clothed in your garment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.